everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled jeff gluck podcast i'm your host jeff gluck and today it's another in the driven life series where this year i'm talking to people from the racing world about their habits and methods and hopefully they are things that you could apply to your daily life or your workplace and today is another one with mike arning who is the founder and senior vice president of true speed communication if you are not familiar with True Speed, it's actually a PR agency that Tony Stewart owns. Yes, Tony Stewart owns a PR agency. They do some marketing as well. And uh, they are known for having some of uh, the top drivers, including Tony Stewart during his career, um, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch. They do all of Stewart Haas stuff. So um, lots of stuff going on. And Mike Arning is the head of that. And so I wanted to talk to him about how he has built that team and try to find some lessons through that that could help people in their workplace. All right, everybody, I'm here with Mike Arning. And Mike, first of all, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. No problem. Glad to be here. Um, so obviously, you've, you've built a successful business and you've built a team of people and everything. But um, before we get into that, uh, I guess I'm wondering if somebody is out there and they're, they're wanting to get started in the PR world in particular, um, and, and they're not already you know, down the road with their career mm-hmm. or whatever, and they still have a chance to sort of shape their own way. Uh, what's like a good first step for people who are, are in college now or something like that? You know, probably the biggest thing is, and I don't care how much media changes, the written word is still incredibly valuable. And that might be counter to what some people think as the print industry continues to consolidate and things like that. But even with digital media, how you frame a social media post, regardless of the platform, how you word it, can can really be the difference between something that gets a lot of engagement and something that doesn't. And even as media continues to become more socially driven and more digital, traditional media still exists. It hasn't gone away, nor do I think it will ever go away. So something as a concisely written press release that also is a bit creative that helps cut through the clutter. Because, you know, I mean, how many press releases do you get in your inbox today on Sunday? It's a ton. So you can't read them all. But if someone can deliver you quality news that's accurate, that is concise, it's not going to waste your time, and is actual news, not just a bunch of fluff, you're far more likely to click on that than anything else. So the written word is massively valuable. I feel like I can teach anybody a lot of different things, but if they can't write, that's a tough one. Hmm. So I think if they can work on that, they already have a big step in the right direction, but then they have some tangible stuff to show from whether it's a newsletter, a press release, social media posts that, you know, I, I can see what they've actually done. And to me, that's seeing is believing. So you you started off um, doing this. I think you were just a one man show at, mm-hmm. at the start, right? And now, how many people work for True Speed? So, including uh, me and my wife, we have eleven people now. So it it was me, myself, and I for for a long time. Uh, took a bit of a leap of faith when Kelly, my wife, she was the breadwinner in the family. Uh, was the station manager at Radio Disney down in Atlanta, Disney benefits, everything. But we were like two ships passing in the night. You know, I'm traveling to all these races 
and she's pulling off events for Radio Disney because you're you're not so much selling AM radio as you are creating events around Radio Disney. So she'd have events, you know, five to seven o'clock at night during the week. And here I am getting on a plane, leaving Thursday and coming home Monday because we lived in Atlanta at the time. And we were literally two ships passing in the night. But after you know, working, kind of beating my head against the wall to try to grow the business from handling Home Depot and Joe Gibbs Racing and Tony Stewart, we finally started scoring some some wins. We started representing GlaxoSmithKline and Interstate Batteries and with Joe Gibbs Racing and then SunTrust and, and IMSA with Wayne Taylor Racing. And I needed to hire people. It just became a lot. And Kelly's really smart. Uh, she's my best friend. And we went all in on True Speed Communication. And uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> nerve-wracking and sometimes it still is because it's it's truly all on us to to make it work but you know it it has worked but i think the fact that she's smart and and knows things that quite honestly i don't and are is better at things that you know that i'm just not as good at but then there are things that i know well and that's what's allowed us to to really grow this thing so and then i still keep my hands you know i I keep my hands dirty you know Mm -hmm. i'm I try to give all my folks, especially on the NASCAR side, eight weekends off. Um, it doesn't always end that way, depending on what events we have on a race weekend or, or things like that. But like this weekend, I'm I'm subbing for one of my reps. I am a PR rep. I'm representing the 14 IT savvy team with with uh, with Clint Boyer. So, you know, I I know what goes on during a race week, and I know what my reps are dealing with. I know the demands on the driver's times. I know the expectations of the media. I know what NASCAR expects, like with the new uh, post-qualifying and post-race procedures in regard to media. And I feel like if I didn't have my hands in it, I don't know how understanding I'd be of it. So I think that helps keep me pretty, I guess, nimble in terms of what's happening. So as a boss, um, or for people who out out there who are in management roles, how important do you think that is for them to whatever the job is that they're overseeing for them to, um, occasionally dip into that and do that? I think it's really important. Um, you know, there isn't anything that I guess I'm asking of my folks that, that I haven't done in the past or are doing right now. You know, this morning before I left the hotel, I built, you know, the, the post-race template that we're, we use to send to all the internal partners. Stuart Haas Racing is one of our clients, so that it's it's ready to go, so that as soon as we have results and everything, there's someone who's not at the track who can just plug in the stats and everything, turn it around and hit send, so that whether they're a CEO or, or, the, or the motorsports marketing manager, they know what went on with Stuart Haas Racing right after the race. So, you know, I had someone build that, I proofed it and edited it, and that went out this morning. So it, it's as little as, it's little things like that, but it helps grease the wheels. It helps for a quick turnaround. But most importantly for me, I know in my head what the stats are for our drivers. So, for instance, if Kevin Harvick wins today, that'll be his 10th win here at ISM Raceway near Phoenix. And he'll join, I want to say it's only six other drivers who have 10 or more wins at a specific track. If I don't put that together, I don't know that stat. So if if Harvick does win and I'm in victory lane and Fox is there or MRN radios there, I can help my rep, Joe Crowley, who's on the four as he's handling a bunch of other things. I can, I just knowledge is power. And I've got these kind of stats in the back of my mind that, that I can help out with in addition to all the logistical support as well. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, yeah, I mean, knowing, uh, what the role is and then knowing when you can need to jump in and help also. Um, but you, you know, you mentioned that you have 11 people now 
Um, and so you've, you've had to build that team. When I first started, I really looked at hiring experience and, and I still do. But one of the nice things about having the growth that we've had, we finally had the, uh, the infrastructure and, and the support to start looking at some younger talent so that we could bring them on and not just throw them into the fire, sink or swim. We, we, we have the bandwidth to nurture some of those folks as well. Now, the learning curve is still steep. It, it doesn't mean like there's this long runway because, quite frankly, driver, sponsors, media, NASCAR, they you know, you can't make mistakes. They, nobody really has any patience for it. You can stub your toe a little bit, but honestly, that's kind of what, you know, work at your local tracks, work and then move up to like a truck or Xfinity program and, you know, cut your teeth there, make some mistakes where the spotlight's not as bright so that you are ready for, for big things here in the cup series, because the spotlight is bright. This is, this is akin to major league baseball or the NFL. It's just happens to be it's not a stick and a ball. It's it's a it's a race car, an engine, and four tires. So it's 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 the same, and the expectations are high. You guys spend a lot of time together, obviously on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a slightly rotating group of you, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, because you're here this week, and sometimes there's more regular guys who are, who are out there. But um, how do you how do you make sure that you have the right chemistry on your team? I mean, you're you're sort of responsible. You can't have any conflicts or you you have to manage conflicts if any come up so you have to make sure that people are getting along how do you make sure that you're hiring people who have the right fit yeah that i mean that's a great question i think it's always a moving target you try to find people who right off the bat are are passionate about the sport and and what they do if if they don't want to be here and they aren't i guess a I don't want to say a fan of the sport. You need to be a fan of the sport, but not a fanboy. There's, there's, there, it, there is a difference because you know, you know. I think we. I left the hotel at at six thirty this morning, and we're going to have a full race day. We're going to fly back, and we're going to get in maybe I don't know six a.m. You know, it's that's just what it is. And if that's going to make you unhappy, then this is not the place for you. And if you're just sort of eh, in a racing, and it's just not that big of a deal, you know, each day starts early, and you know. It, there is no end time. The, the end time is when you're done. Um, so y- you have to buy into that. And, and if someone's not bought into that, then it's, it's probably not going to work. Um, so you're looking for folks who have the same mindset. At the same time, you know, I guess I also I make a bit of investment in it. Um, I give all my folks their own room on the road. So they have a place to work, a place to just chill out. Um, a place where if they want to call home, they don't have to worry about going out in the hallway or telling the roommate, Hey, can I, you know, it's, it's just a little bit easier. It's more expensive. Um, my margins aren't as strong, but I think long-term it helps me keep the people that I have because it's trying to find a work-life balance in this sport is, is next to impossible. But if we can at least try, I'd like to think that, that the, the effort that we collectively make to try to make those things a little bit better, own room on the road, try, you know, subbing on, having a sub on a, on a race weekend to where when, when the sub is there, theoretically, they don't have to do anything. It's handled because we've got an experienced person who can, who is empowered to make decisions and, you know, not just any decision, but they're, they have the, uh, I guess, the background to make the correct decision as well. So if someone wants to go to a wedding or go to their kid's birthday or just have a weekend and see what their neighbors do on a Saturday, <laughs> they can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here, uh, but I feel like you do a lot of different things well, so I'm trying to touch on mm-hmm. various things. One of them, um, I'm wondering if you could give any tips for public speaking because uh, you host some very high-profile press conferences in the past and present still, but um, I mean, whether it's like, uh, you know, probably like Danica Patrick mm-hmm. coming over to Stuart Haas or something with Tony Stewart, uh, you've got cameras and, um, I mean, Tony's, I, I think you hosted when, when Tony was making his return mm-hmm. Um, or his first press conference after the uh, Kevin Ward incident, stuff like that. I mean, very high-profile things, lots of attention on you. How do you, uh, if somebody might be nervous about giving a, a presentation in their own office, what are some tips that you could pass along? Practice and repetition. I, I'm able to do that stuff now, and I was not good at it back in the day. I just I just wasn't. It was It's hard, you know, and... So here are the things that I found, and it goes back to college, to where you just stand and deliver, and you 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 take opportunities, and you do it. So I was editor of the newspaper. You know, I think people have a variety of opinions about fraternities, but where I went, I felt like um, you know it was it was practice for the real world. I could run for office, um, and then you had responsibility. You had to engage with with the chapter. You had to speak in front of, you know, the dean or, or things like that. All those things helped. And then as I started working my way up, I first started with Kenny Wallace and Philmar Racing, a Bush team that went to Cup, and they were a single-car t- single Cup team. So I just had more and more opportunities. So then the more you did it, the better you got at. Now, a couple of other things that I'll do, you know, I'll build a detailed run of show to where in my if you write it out, you know what it is, so you, there's nothing that can surprise you. you you've kind of already built your schedule. And then the second thing that I'll do, I will, wherever we are, I will go in, ideally when no one's around, and just, all right, what's the podium like? Is, hmm. the, is the microphone, is it voice activated? Do I have to touch a button? Is there a podium? Do I need to hold a microphone? All those little things matter to where if you show up and you haven't done that prep work, and you think there's a podium, you can put your hands on it and sort of steady yourself, especially if there's a stressful time, but all of a sudden there's no podium, you're just holding a microphone, you're nervous, and the mic, you're, it, it can throw you off your game. And I know that because I've had events where I'm like, all right, I, I did a good job on that. Other events where I go, I literally walk out and just hang my head. I'm like, oh, that was just not my, not my best effort. But the more you do it, the better you get at it, but the more prep work you put into it, in terms of like just building out a schedule, it just gets you mentally right to do it. You know, building out a schedule, um, managing a team of people, uh, the logistics, you have the F1 stuff that you do for Haas F1 team as well. Um, you, you have people literally all over the world, right, mm-hmm. working for you uh, and doing stuff like that. So um, how do you stay organized? Uh, how do you stay on top of it and not let stuff slide? I'm, I'm kind of a procrastinator at times where I've get frustrated and fall behind and wish I had been more on top of it. How do you get that stuff done and check it off your list each day? I guess I, I, I am always, and I tell this to my folks, you know, in this sport, you can't just think two or three steps ahead. You got to think 10 or 12. And as much as we travel, you know, I'm, uh, I got a great wife. I got two awesome kids. So when I'm home, I, I want to be home. So when I'm on, if I'm on an airplane, my head's buried in the laptop. If if I'm here in the media center, I'm if I'm not actually facilitating something or executing something, I'm working on what needs to happen with our NASCAR clients in Fontana or what needs to happen with Haas F1 team in Australia and even Bahrain. I'm just trying to like get ahead. So when when I do get home, I can be somewhat, you know, 
nine to five. It doesn't always work that way because things always pop up. But if you know these, you've got these deadlines and you can at least get ahead of them, you're far more ready to deal with the things that will inevitably pop up. So that's probably the biggest thing, you know, and, and I'm a little old school. I still have the iPhone. I still have an iCalendar. I, I still do all that digital stuff, but I still have a, a, a monthly planner where I am writing stuff down and I feel like just writing it down, it's embedded in my head. Like I know that I've already built out, say, Tony Stewart's schedule for, for Fontana, but I also know I need to pay attention to, you know, practice qualifying the race for the Australian Grand Prix. And I know immediately after that, we need to turn around and there's a Bahrain GP advance that needs to get done. But I also know Martinsville is coming up. And I also know next weekend is the 12 hours of Sebring where Wayne Taylor racing it. So what do we need to do to do to get all that stuff together? And it's just, thankfully, I have been doing it a long time. So I, I kind of know what needs to happen. But I'm also aware of these series, where they're racing, and the stuff that needs to be done to prepare ourselves to deliver what we said we were going to do for our clients. Um, we're running low on time, so I want to close by asking you about um, working with people who could uh, potentially cause difficulty at work. And I'm not going to say these are necessarily your coworkers because mm-hmm. you you have a different relationship with people like this. But um, I'm I'm trying to think of maybe some advice that you could give to people who might be at work and be like, man, that guy stresses me out, whether it's a boss or whatever. I mean, you guys have Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, and Kyle <laughs> Busch, and, and you're trying to make them look good uh, PR-wise. You have have to have some difficult days and challenges with that. So is there anything you could pass along to people as far as, you know, what happens on a difficult day? How do you get through it? How do you not lose your cool? And how do you just keep moving on without getting your feelings hurt, I guess? I think you always just put forth your best effort to where – if you get yelled at or if something just the, – the day just becomes a disaster. When, when it's all said and done, no matter if, if it ends up being the worst day, if you at least put your best effort forward to where you, you did everything you knew how to do and tried to do, you were as prepared as possible, even if it all just fell apart. You can walk out of the track or lay your head on the pillow and say, you know what, I, I honestly put forth my best effort. I did the best that I could. You take all those learnings, and if you're in the same position on down the road, you're like, all right, if this happens again, I am not going to do that, but I am going to do this. That's probably the best thing that you can do. I haven't batted 1,000. I haven't even batted 500. There are many things, even when people say, hey, that was really good, I look back, man, if I could have done that over again, I would have done it this way. I am constantly trying to figure out a way to do better, be more efficient, figure it out. And I think if you just, you know, people in this sport, I think, get most testy when someone isn't putting forth the effort. Because quite honestly, crew chiefs are putting forth the effort. The drivers are, the mechanics, the truck drivers, the meet everybody else is. So if someone's half-assing it, that's the thing that'll just draw someone's ire. And so just don't half-ass it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it, it sounds simple, but I mean, it's, you know, we were the first ones to walk into the media center this morning and turn on the lights in the PR rep room, and we're prepared for today. Like, we have the time now to talk because we, we are prepared. We're, we're, we're good. So that's put forth your best effort. Yeah, that's good advice for all walks of life. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, so there you have it. And uh, I think Mike Arning has some good tips there, whether it's uh, for bosses trying to 
do the tasks and the jobs that they ask of their employees or uh, those public speaking tips. I know I could use some of those myself or uh, the, the organizational and not procrastinating kind of stuff that that could really help as well. I, I really need to get better at that. So um, good stuff there from Mike Arning and some some racing examples that hopefully will apply to real life. Coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, it will be a post-Martinsville podcast, although I will not be there, so it will be a remote post-Martinsville podcast. I will be doing that once again with Jordan Bianchi, and we will be jumping on probably immediately after the Martinsville race Sunday to record that, so I would imagine I will have it posted fairly quickly, maybe within an hour or so um, after the race itself, so um, stay tuned for that. And then next Wednesday, it will be a 12 questions with Paul Menard. First time I've done one with Paul Menard in a few years. And so he answers Haley Deegan's question about ride or die BFF. It was actually a fun interview with Paul Menard. Uh, I think he's kind of underrated. Everybody just gets the, he has the reputation for being the uh, boring monotone kind of thing. And he doesn't say much, but uh, he, he's kind of sneaky funny with some of the stuff he does say. Anyway, thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.